It's with the greatest humility, resolve and enthusiasm that I sought the endorsement of my colleagues to be the Labor leader and to be the Prime Minister of this country. We have the first female Prime Minister to ever serve this country, but did we hear the sound of the glass ceiling shattering today? Natasha Stott Despoja was the youngest female ever to be elected to federal parliament, and she certainly had to face gender issues in politics. I spoke to her earlier today about the challenges that the new PM will face. Well, firstly, I thought it was quite an immaculate speech. It was very good, very persuasive. Uh, humble, yet uh, quite forceful too. So I thought she established herself as Prime Ministerial material on the spot. You've seen a lot during your time in Parliament, but can you comprehend the speed and the dramatic turn of events that we've seen in the past 24 hours? Well, in some ways I can. I must admit my first week in Parliament House, uh, not as a senator, um, but many years ago, was the, uh, the day that uh, Paul Keating became Prime Minister, uh, toppling uh, Bob Hawke. So this had sort of that eerie recollection for me, except for the fact, of course, it is such a milestone that Australia has its first female Prime Minister. And I'm really proud of that fact, uh, even without being a, you know, a Labor Party person. You were the youngest female to enter federal parliament in 1995. Has much changed in parliament for women since then? A lot has changed, although the pace of change has been too slow for my liking. I mean, when I entered Parliament, 14%, almost 15% of Parliament was female. So there was a huge novelty factor, um, particularly for me, but any woman in a position, a high-profile position of power, particularly any leadership position, uh, experienced that sort of somewhat strange, uh, almost double-standard treatment by the media and, and others. And I think that's changed slowly, but not enough. I think you'll still hear many references today to, uh, uh, to Ms Gillard's uh, personal status or marital status or appearance. Those things still are out there, but I like to think that some of us uh, help pave the way for this momentous moment simply by, you know, getting people used to the idea of women in positions of power. But this is certainly, um, I think, will, will have a huge impact on those young women out there, and all women and men, but younger women in particular, who realise that, yep, it is possible for a woman to hold that top job. Even though she admitted she was not elected by the Australian public, do you think that this is the sound of the glass ceiling shattering? Certainly I think the glass ceiling has shattered uh, today. And I do think, however... A big test for her, whether she likes it or not, I think a challenge for a woman who is Prime Minister um, is to show that it's not just about emulating, you know, the Prime Ministers of the past. She, I think, has to show that she's fully committed to, you know, um, treading a path too for, for women who follow her. And I'm sure that what she's already achieved today, the symbolism, uh, is very important in achieving that, let alone any steps that she might take to ensure um, that we really do have some sense of political equality uh, in Australia between men and women. But, yeah, the glass ceiling, you know, a chunk of it really fell today. Um, I'm just hoping it's not going to sort of fall on anyone or in a way that, you know, sets back women any further than we have been set back in, in, in the past sort of few decades. Because for every step forward, it always seemed to be there were still a few steps back. But I'm sure that Ms Gillard um, is going to be such a talented and impressive role model for women that we will be looking forward um, at a much faster pace.
The fact that we're talking about the female issue in this equation today, do you think it's an indicator of where we are as a mature nation or is a first female Prime Minister big news in any country? Oh, look, it's big news in many countries. The embarrassing thing for Australia is that many countries have already beaten us to this milestone, whether it's, you know, the Central African Republic or, you know, the United Kingdom, New uh, Zealand. Germany, Israel, New Zealand. You got it. Norway. There are many, many examples. Bangladesh, I think. I mean, the reality is that a lot of countries will think, wow, they're making a big deal of this today. But I think most countries will understand why. And I, I think that you know, we shouldn't underestimate the symbolism. The symbolism is important, it is significant, and it will, I have no doubt, inspire many people out there today, whether it's, you know, fathers who are inspired at the thought of their daughters, you know, getting this message that you can do anything in Australian, you know, political and public life, um, or whether it's, uh, you know, other women like me thinking, oh, finally, you know, this is, uh, you know, we've actually made this progress. Um, but, of course, uh, in terms of the unelected aspect of, of, of her and, and, and any legitimacy or illegitimacy that that confers, that's the same for many previous Prime Ministers, um, be they Labor, Liberal and, of course, men. So um, I think that's something that's obviously going to be resolved by the Australian people in a few months' time, one way or the other. I'm interested to know what you think about how Tony Abbott will go about opposing her, his uh, relationship with women can be a little bit fractious. His opinions on certain issues are sometimes controversial. And Tony Abbott and Julia Gillard have been wonderful sparring partners as opposition uh, deputies in the past and, and ministers in the past. Do you think, uh, how do you think their roles will play out in, on opposite sides of the chamber? All I know is it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think he's probably a very nervous man today, the uh, opposition leader, because she's a formidable opponent, not necessarily because of the you know, male-female factor, although clearly they've been um, sparring partners. They're, they look like they have a, a degree of sort of cheekiness and camaraderie. I suspect that may just change naturally because I think for a Prime Minister, um, you have to be um, a statesman or stateswoman. And I think, uh, you know, there's, there's room for a little humour, but I suspect you'll see a much more serious Julia Gillard, and I think Tony Abbott will have to respond to that. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch, but I do think it will have an impact on uh, the way that uh, the um, Liberal Party and National Party run their campaign in the future, because I think they had very much planned to target personally, uh, you know, Prime Minister Rudd, and uh, that's got to change. Yeah, whole different ball game today. Quite incredible. Do you feel that top men and top women are still judged on different criteria, often not necessarily overtly? Look, I think overtly and covertly. I do think that most Australians would agree, um, I think so anyway, that uh, there is still a slightly different standard uh, in the way that we treat uh, particularly women in public life, whether that's in politics or in other areas. I think that um, the, the fact that we talk about someone's marital status or personal life or what colour their hair is or whether they were wearing full makeup today, and because these are just some of the you know comments that I've been listening to this morning. Really, you know, have, you heard, have you heard those comments already this morning? Well, uh, there is the one that I find the most funny um, is that uh, she's officially our first uh, red-headed prime minister. Oh um, dear! As well as the mother of a redhead, I'm I'm you know 
realising my son will never have that distinction. But, uh, but I mean, they're kind of quirky, understandable personal references in a way. But I think, would we talk about men in that way? I think that's something we have to uh, have to consider. I mean, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not that puritanical that I can't sort of laugh at, uh, you know, who's our Ranga PM. But um, I do think that uh, more generally we still, you know, sometimes... Uh, particularly politicians and some commentators, uh, can apply a slightly different framework uh, to, to women in positions of power. But optimistically, it's changing. I think some of the things that I had to put up with when I was first in office, you wouldn't really see the same degree of that these days. I think some of the things that former leader Senator Cheryl Curnow uh, experienced, perhaps these days we wouldn't have the same um, degree of... Uh, of criticism or scrutiny, um, not on a personal issue. On the policy stuff, it's all fair game. But on the personal stuff, I think there are limitations. And I hope to think that Julia's ascension will actually help make a difference.